0: Something that often goes overlooked, but we use it thousands of times in one day. Welcome to this episode of Success Convo. I'm psyched for this presentation. Kate is going to discuss with us. She's put this together and it's extremely powerful but often overlooked, body language. People use this all the time to size us up. We have two categories of body language to think about, our own and what we get from other people. So I'm going to pass the reins over here. I got Kate with me.
1: I'm really excited to take this one on. This is actually a topic that I became interested in probably about two or three years ago. I was reading some social science research and social scientists refer to body language as the nonverbals, which I really like that phrase. A lot of the time people think about how you express yourself through words As being the most important thing in terms of how others perceive you. And it's actually our posture the vibe that we give off, the way we carry ourselves, our facial expressions, that's much more powerful in some ways than the words that come out of our mouths. It's powerful for two reasons. One, as you said, Ryan, because of how other people perceive us based on our body language, but also because of how it makes us feel about ourselves. So oftentimes people who have low self esteem, part of it is because they're not holding themselves in a way that gives them confidence.
0: I didn't think about that originally being in this. So you're gonna jump in and give us the keys, sorta, of, for that, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. So part of what I'm going to try to accomplish and Ryan with your help in this presentation I know some of this is sort of going to be on the fly for you because I haven't really shared much of this with you beforehand she's it's kept going to this be... <laughs> one
0: in the hole this is a total you secret. do that
1: to me so I felt like I that do. would be a all fair right, I can take it
0: Let's... one of the reasons we do that is just it gives us the most natural flow I agree and I want this podcast to be natural I, I, this should not be something that is all tight knit this should be flow I think our audience will enjoy that better the more authentic we can get it the better
1: Absolutely. And so part of what we're going to do is deconstruct what makes body language so powerful, but also there are five keys that any person in this world who is successful knows and five key rules that they follow with respect to body language. I think you're really going to like that part.
0: So they're not just, they're not just keys. They're actual legit rules.
1: They're rules. So there's do's and do nots, things that you should do and things that you should avoid doing in order to be giving off the right vibe with your body language.
0: I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: All right. So before we start, I want to have our audience and you too, Ryan, engage in a little exercise with me. You down?
0: I'm down. What do you got?
1: All right. I want you to focus. Just take a second. Don't move at all. Just focus on how you're sitting right now.
0: Oh, okay. I'm thinking about it.
1: Focus on your facial expressions. Focus on how you're holding your arms, your legs. Are they crossed? Are they relaxed? Are they tense? Focus on all the different aspects of how you're holding yourself. Got it. And that's giving off a particular vibe to me. Hmm. And it's making you feel a certain way too.
0: <laughs> this is awesome, guys. I'm digging this already. You like okay, this so Okay, so, so I'm wondering what my vibe says. Should I describe how I'm sitting? Sure. I'm literally lounging back in my standard office chair. I've got my feet propped up and i have a kind of like a cool vibe going both hands are crossed i would say i i am coming off as a relaxed boss
1: i think that's fair is and that fair? that's actually and the way you're seated right now i don't mean, that. I don't right mean that in like <laughs> i'm
0: a boss kind of thing i just that's how i'm coming off i think
1: no i agree and the way you're seated right now is actually a power stance we're going to get into that in a second but i like this sit- even sitting more sitting <laughs> back with your legs up and your hands in a steeple position actually that's what it's called. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where you have your fingers pointed upwards mm-hmm. and touching one another. That's that's the ultimate, well, not the ultimate, but one of the best power stances. <laughs> I'm
0: liking <laughs> this already, guys. You're so think, a, think about that. And, and honestly, it kind of caught me off guard because originally I was like, uh-oh, am I in a good stance? She's about to hit me with it. So we're all getting caught off guard by that. Think about how you're sitting and listening to this. Even if you're driving, listening to this in stereo, would you Absolutely. be able to pull any keys off
1: of this? Absolutely. Okay. Whether your
0: your chest is out, mm-hmm. shoulders roll back.
1: And what if I were to tell you that by taking just two minutes to put your body in a particular posture, you could radically change your mindset and how you approach the world?
0: I definitely want to hear these keys. You dig it? I'm interested. Yeah.
1: All right. So let's start with... We want to jump right into number one here? Do it. So number one is to increase your confidence, you should assume a power pose. we were just talking about this a little bit with how you're seated, Ryan. There's Harvard and Columbia Business School research that shows simply holding your body in expansive, quote unquote, high power positions for as little as two minutes can stimulate higher levels of testosterone, which is a confidence boosting hormone, and lower levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So science-based, showing that if you hold your body a particular way, it's going to increase your confidence levels, decrease your stress levels. How neat is that?
0: Just changing your stance can do that much for you.
1: That's right. So before you go into this, this is actually a technique that I use all the time. Before I'm going to speak in public or if I have a big meeting that I'm nervous about, I'll just take two minutes. And what works for me, and it's going to be different for everybody, is I stand with my legs apart, shoulders back for about two minutes. And it really, not only does it relax me, it just gives me this boost of confidence. Like I can go head on into the situation. Do you have a particular stance you like other than the one with your legs oh, up? And honestly, back? I do
0: a pump up. So before anything live or anything that I like get ready to do, I always do a pump up where that I normally roll my shoulders back, push my chest out. I'll do a couple jumping jacks, you know? I mean, especially before a business conference, I'll do a couple jumping jacks, um, even before some big calls. Because I, I have studied this a little bit myself, not in depth like we're going to do here, but I definitely think that just getting the energy back will help me get that stance.
1: I love it, and I've seen you do that before.
0: Mm-hmm. I do that pump up. And I know that a lot of our listeners have the same thing. Do that, do some sort of pump up, something that gets them in the zone. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, it's it's a keying. You know, you're pre-framing yourself for whatever's coming. You're pre-framing yourself for a big moment to happen.
1: And this is actually something that you can do. I know we talk a lot about how the first thing you do every day is the most important mm-hmm. because it reflects your priorities and it also sets the tone for the whole day. So taking just that two-minute time period to just stand at attention, shoulders back, feeling confident can really change the whole whole trajectory of your day damn
0: so that's number one and and to (laughs) to count not to counter this but to add to this if you see somebody that has a weak stance you automatically know that man that's the person that might get run over or that's the person that's feeling weak feeling loose like you you can tell from a predatory standpoint that's the guy you go after yeah it's a competition
1: there's something to be said for faking it till you make it because a lot of people may go into a particular situation where their palms are sweaty and they're shaking with nerves. And there are things you can do to overcome that. And we should actually do that as a separate podcast, overcoming stress. And <laughs> I'm liking this. Social situations. Yeah, actually,
0: we had a request too for the stress from a couple people last week. So we will mm-hmm. we'll do a future podcast breaking through stress.
1: Absolutely. But if that's you, there's something to be said for just taking a couple deep breaths and forcing your body into a posture that probably will feel unnatural. If it feels uncomfortable, that's probably a good thing because it means you're forcing yourself to do something out of your comfort zone uh-huh. and it's going to give you that boost of confidence that you need
0: and like kate said you got a big presentation you know nothing about let's say go in there with your head up confidence is very key in life. You roll in there and you get it. Fake it as hard as you can, just like she said, but at least you're gonna do it with confidence. Eighty percent, and this is a big number. I wonder what you think of this. Eighty percent of a presentation comes down to the energy. Not actually what you know. I like to have it from all angles, right? I know Kate's like, you know, super thorough, so she wants to have her stuff science based and you know, our presentation orderly, everything. But honestly, you can see some people give some great presentations. <laughs> it's blatantly obvious to a keen eye, they don't know what the heck they're talking about, but they bring it with such energy, it's undeniable.
1: That's fair. All right. So you ready to move on to lucky number two here? Let's do it. All right. To increase participation, you have to look like you're listening. Mm. So think about the last conversation that you had with somebody where they were either checking their phone or they were looking at their watch mm. or looking at something over on the wall, mm-hmm. and you felt like they were so disconnected and not paying attention to what you were talking about. It felt disrespectful, right?
0: So my dad, uh, he plays online poker. He's like a fiend with that, right? And he does it on his phone. Yeah. I do. I feel offended at that because I'll I'll be talking to him about something. He's like, oh, I'm good. I'm super multitasker, Um, which, by the way, a little side note, multitasking is impossible. Robert Cialdini, the best social psychologist in the world. He's big in business. If you guys like business, check out Robert Cialdini. He explains that multitasking is impossible, right? So I'll try to tell my dad that or my daddy. I, I can do it. I can do it, Ryan. But yeah, I feel disrespected. But obviously, then I'll say, hey, do you remember what I just told you two minutes ago? No. (laughs) <laughs> right right. <laughs> So look like you're listening to increased participation Because yeah That conversation will dissipate So that's a body language thing, right? He's always down looking at his phone mm-hmm. Who can we relate to? You've been on a date right you've been on that first date and the other person's like checking their their apple watch or their phone yeah it's annoying that creates an awkward air on both ends you're not as apt to tell them things and then maybe you pick up your phone that's a big one because we have that problem major in this current society you know we've discussed that in past episodes Mm -hmm. but yeah like you can't get away from it It if you want to step up and take this charge on this one when you go to do something if it's not the most important thing in the world you never know what's going to lead somewhere you get the little side meeting or whatever give full attention and watch what you get back. It's exactly true. That.
1: Part of it for a lot of people is that they feel awkward staring at somebody, <laughs> staring intently gazing at them while they're having a conversation. So I want to give you a way around that. It's called the facial triangle. You might have heard of this before. Never heard of it. But what you do is... and. It takes some practice, some concentration, but what you want to do is you want to just trace a triangle around the person's face so that you're not staring at one point. So if I stare directly into your eyes, yeah, it's going to get awkward if I'm staring you for about 20 minutes while we have a conversation. Very true. But if you look at their right eye and then trace over to their left eye, down to their mouth, which shows that you're reading their lips, it really shows... That you're concentrating on what they're saying when you when you look at their mouth, that's pretty stiff right there.
0: That's a straight right? key. And
1: so if you just draw that little triangle, uh,
0: tell me something. Do I do that naturally?
1: I think you do. I think
0: I'm very good at that. I don't use a triangle though. I use breaks, key breaks. To look away. I'll look right past you for a second Mm -hmm. and then bounce right back. And you can also use that with the inflection of your voice to kind of steer a conversation one way or the other or to emphasize certain points. We've all done it. Eye roll and then boom, you give them that stinging eye when you're ready to say something that's powerful. You know, someone's in the hot seat with you. So, yeah, I I like that, though. I've never heard of that triangle, though.
1: I actually heard it at a business conference I went to a couple years ago. There was a, a panel talking about communication strategies. And one of the things they threw out was this concept of the facial i thought it was really neat
0: definitely think it's a super key like i said i mean there's a lot of like nuggets that get dropped on success combos and that's one. that one's pretty high up because i've never heard it and i really like it
1: the other piece of increasing participation and i think you're definitely going to agree with me on this one ryan mm-hmm. is mirroring the other person i know this is something you do quite a bit where if i'm sitting with my arms across my chest for example not in the same exact position but also cross your arms mm-hmm to sort of mirror what I'm doing.
0: This one is a very big key. I wonder if Kate even knows why, though.
1: It's showing agreement, and it makes the other person feel comfortable with you. Pretty
0: good. You know, that's pretty dead on. Cialdini, I just mentioned him a second ago. And one of the principles of influence, when you're speaking with somebody, you do want to influence them in some way or the other. Even if you're talking about your favorite sports team, you probably want to influence that that is a good team. One of the things you can do, one of the principles of influence is liking. When you mirror someone, they naturally like you more. She's absolutely right. So remember the stance that I described that I was doing a little while ago, guys? Mm-hmm. She's doing that stance right now. She's taking the boss stance right <laughs> now, mirroring me. Oh, I think she just naturally did it because she knew it was a power move. But no, honestly, it really works too. If somebody crosses their hands, you cross your hands. It's like an underground trick.
1: It's very subtle, but equally powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, so you ready to move on to number three?
0: Key number three. I really like number two. I really did. Number one, I think, comes natural, but I like the, I like the triangle from number two you're gonna That's start using cool. the triangle honestly I, I i think i'm good with it but it is going to be in the back of my mind
1: awesome all right so moving on to number three this is that to connect instantly you should shake someone's hand. And this one seems incredibly basic. We're taught in undergrad when we go out for job interviews. Oh, this is how you shake somebody's hand. This is super
0: basic. Was this a key?
1: (laughs) It seems basic, but people get it so wrong. They either forget to do it or they do it incorrectly. So you're going to break down how to do it the
0: proper way. Yeah. And it seems
1: odd to tell you how to shake a hand on a podcast. I've got a very (laughs)
0: odd question when you you get in with this one. I want to hear what the point is here. But I think in our listeners might be able to help us out here too but go ahead hit me up with the the key.
1: Okay, well first I want to throw out a statistic that I think might be a little surprising for mm-hmm. you. And this is that if you shake somebody's hand and it's a good, solid handshake, they're twice as likely to remember you as if you never interacted with them physically. But it's got to be a way.
0: solid handshake. It's
1: got to be a solid handshake because if, I mean, when's the last time you probably have this happen all the time where you go to shake somebody's hand and it's like a limp noodle? I mean, they've got no mm-hmm. em, no emotion, no passion behind it. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like they're doing it to go through the motions. That's a sign of a weak person. Mm. And weak people are never successful.
0: How about a girl that goes to shake a man's hand? Should she give back a friend? Firm grip.
1: I actually have a unique take on this one. Hmm. I don't think firm grip. I think there's something.
0: We're going to do a breakout right here about (laughs) like handshaking etiquette. This is going to be super cool because I know a few things about this too. Okay. So
1: that's the other downside is you either go too light and you get the you know limp noodle hand mm-hmm. or you've got the vice grip where you're grabbing on for dear life. And, the person and you're trying like too hard at that point. <laughs> exactly.
0: you, you've heard that that person that does that has heard so many times from their father, probably, and maybe their grandfather too, right? Something gets passed down. Always take a strong handshake, son, because my dad's even said that. But when someone goes in for that, I think that they're overcompensating.
1: I agree. And one way to sort of thread the needle there and And master the handshake is it's a very subtle thing, but here, give me your hand. so if we go to shake hands right here
0: she's turning if my I hand.
1: turn now if I turn my wrist slightly over uh-huh. it's putting me in the dominant position Ooh. as if I go, as opposed to if I go like this and your hands over okay mine. so
0: so just to give them a visual here, if you're thinking of a handshake, normally a handshake will meet right in the middle, okay so if you turn your wrist and just kind of do it right now with us right now. Kind of do it right now if you're listening, right? Put your hand out like you're going to do a handshake. And then just turn your wrist a little bit over top. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. it. And oh, that's that's, that's my
1: hand. tip for, for women shaking men's that's hands. That's sick. It's a very subtle, oh, dominant dude. tactic. I'm
0: going to be trying this so hard. When I, when you meet me, guys, like you're going to get the dominant <laughs> handshake right here. That's really cool. Unless I love they that go one. first,
1: you'll be like arm wrestling there. And, <laughs> then,
0: and the listeners will know what's up because they're going to be trying it on me. And then I'll know. No, I really like that one. Oh, I like that. Cool, one. right? Yeah. Okay. Can I give you my question now? Are you sure. moving
1: on? No, go for it. I'm I'm with this.
0: Okay. Sorry. Before I hit the question, men shaking a woman's hand. This is how this works. Let's see if you agree with me. I've heard this in multiple business meetings. Um, I've heard this in college. Okay. A man should not reach to shake a woman's hand unless she first extends that. There's other forms of etiquette for that, but a man should not reach to shake a woman's hand unless she does first. And I've obeyed that rule.
1: I've seen a lot of men violating that rule. <laughs> Let's I've obeyed honest. that
0: rule. It's it's up to the woman. I like it. It's kind of an old school thing, I think. I think it probably, uh, I think that emerged in the roaring 20s. But honestly, that's, I've heard it. I use it. Because yeah, a lot of times the woman will shake my hand. I'll get kind of like that super like limp noodle handshake you, you described. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of like, it's a little awkward. Maybe she thought there was something, maybe she was going to go for like a like a different type of handshake. But yeah, exactly. So I'll never do it, even in a business setting, unless she first extends her hand. Because there's a lot of women that do great business and there's a lot of women that understand these etiquettes these power laws i don't think anybody's tried to turn it on me yet, but i like that <laughs> you take. like that right i love that one but yeah, know um this is the question that i had for you what happens if you go in for a handshake and like you miss <laughs> or does it go well? OK, listen, like and, and honestly, I mean it like not not like you miss completely, but you get like half a handshake mm-hmm. and then there's this vibe like, oh, should I restart this one? I was on the phone. I hung up to speak to someone that had recognized me, which is an awesome feeling, by the way. And I went to shake hands and we got that real awkward grip. And I literally thought, oh, man, like this isn't a good way to meet someone for the first time, right? Like, do I restart it? So I'm asking you right now, what's the etiquette there? Because I'll tell you what I would have done if I had to do differently.
1: Hmm. Well, if it were me, I think what I would do is just laugh it off with a good joke because there's nothing that eases tension and kicks it off on a better foot than making a joke.
0: I agree with you, but there wasn't any time for that. We rolled right into a conversation, but I think I would have stopped it. And I would have said, let's do that one again, brother. We missed, you know, I think that would have been cool because I thought about it. But like I said, it rolled right into a conversation. So I just, I didn't like that, but yeah, you know, I, and I'm fully agreeing with you. The last, the last point that I'll make on handshakes, give a handshake that says, Hey, I'm about business, but I'm not trying to pressure lock you. And then if you want to take it up a notch, if you want to, because I have a really good saying, write this quote down, by the way, make old friends. It's one of the most powerful quotes I've ever heard. That's one of my
1: favorite quotes, yeah.
0: Yep, make old friends. Um, I've said it to Kate so many times. If you really want to up the ante here, give someone a handshake. Pull them into the, the hug that's totally fine I even do it in business sometimes right like if somebody's giving me that vibe they get they're friendly and if you got that with somebody pull them in for like the, the hug I'm going to give them the handshake flip that you gave me a little tip and the hug to be like I'm dominant right but I like that
1: well that brings up a good point about other ty- types of touch beyond just a handshake you got to be careful with that especially in a business setting because that can get you into a whole bunch of other problems but so touching someone on the hand shoulder arm even for a very short period of time like less than 1 40th of a second which seems like it didn't even happen basically that's powerful enough to create a human bond just that small touch Mm -hmm. and that's because touch is one of our most primitive sensations Mm. so if you're not going to do a handshake say it's you're on a date or you're with somebody who you're just hanging out with for the first time as a friend like jabbing them on the shoulder lightly of course you know make sure you're gauging the situation so that it's mm-hmm. you're doing it appropriately and if they've but- got a
0: suit on or a jacket or a nice outfit don't do it just telling you right now don't do it as a police officer i learned all about touch all about touch and she's right to get familiar with somebody it's an endearment thing you know you give somebody that little love tap on the back or this or that as a police officer first of all no one's allowed to touch us doesn't happen okay no one touches a police officer but on the other side of the coin here if we start touching someone it can make them uncomfortable and again listen you don't know who's got ocd in a business scenario or something like that you don't know who's got ocd plus you don't know how much time they spent to prep that outfit. I've seen some I've seen some fiascos. She called it be light with your touching, but Make sure you be light with it.
1: The worst I actually saw, it just reminds me of this. I worked in D.C. for about three years after undergrad. I actually went out to lunch with a few colleagues from a fellow congressman's office. We went to, it was just a quick lunch break, so we went to this Mexican place down the street. There was salsa and chips, as you'd find at any Mexican place. One of the guys there, I remember vividly, hadn't properly washed his hands Mm. after he had the salsa and chips. Bad. And went up to bear hug this other Mm. guy before he went back to the the office and just salsa all down Ooh. the back of his shirt <laughs> it was awful somebody buy me a new suit so They'll that's say that. uh yeah that's so, all i mean
0: just watch when you're gripping somebody man it's like she said especially because you know somebody takes time to get that outfit right, and I've had it happen to me a bunch of times. I'm
1: sure you have. All right, so we we moving on from the handshake?
0: Number four, I like that handshake breakdown. That was fun. All right,
1: I think you're going to like Comments this Comments
0: on that one, guys. Let me know if you've ever had an awkward handshake experience. I'm there sure you we've at. all had awkward handshake experiences.
1: Mm-hmm. So number four is to stimulate good feelings, smile. And this one Also seems incredibly basic. You're probably going to get on me for this one. Smiling obviously conveys that you're approachable, relatable, cooperative, trustworthy. It's a huge trust builder. It elevates your own mood also. Science says that when you force yourself to smile, it has the same physiological effect. You might be feeling super bummed, but if you force yourself to smile, it will elevate your mood. It also has the effect of, if I'm smiling, what are you going to do back? It has a reciprocal effect. You're going to smile back at me, which elevates your mood.
0: This one's extremely powerful. And I'm going to tell you guys something about myself that you guys might have noticed already. I've got RBF. I have serious RBF, resting bitch face. (laughs) Right? You, you, we're, we're familiar with him. Listen, some of us naturally have a smiley face. Think of your friends right now. Listeners, like everybody. Think of your, your best friend, like, like one of your best friends that just has that smiley face. You got a picture in your mm-hmm. head of somebody? Oh, yeah. Because I've got somebody. His name's Gabe. He's one of my best friends. Naturally smiley guy. He automatically gets women. He automatically gets friends because he's naturally smiling. So when his face is resting, he's smiling. My face is naturally shaped to be looking like I'm having a horrible time. <laughs> this is how it is like I have to actually force the smile So the tip that i'm going to give you here because it's big practice your smiles You cannot go to a business conference. You cannot go to a new job You cannot meet new people With the rbf if you've got it like I do because you i'm telling you listen You'll see me at an event or something and i'm just catching a breather, you know Because it actually takes some energy to smile if you don't automatically have like a natural smiley face So you'll see me at an event and i'll cruise into the back real quick and sit down you guys will be like, are you depressed? what's going on, Ryan? And I'm like, no, dude, like this is my face. You, <laughs> I have, to, I have face. to naturally combat that. And like, I just wish I didn't have it, but it is what it but is. But I
1: also think people who have that natural <laughs> smiley face need to combat that too because there's nothing that makes you look more awkward and insecure than smiling through a situation that should be serious. If somebody tells you something really awful, sometimes our, the only way that we react, and it's almost a gut instinct, is to smile or laugh. And mm. it's it's a nervous thing, right? It's We don't know how to respond. And so that's just, and it feels awful, but it's something that you just need to be conscious of, and obviously that happens in less extreme situations. Yeah. but having a constant smile on your face probably not a good thing either.
0: I think Kate has like the best face because honestly <laughs> she can go either way big smile when she needs to, and she can give me a scowl when, <laughs> when she needs to right <laughs> so honestly that's a, that's a cool thing, and like I said, guys, if you're like me and you got that rBF we just got to work on it we just got to work on it i'm serious if you guys if you watch any of my presentations or anything like that you'll see it you'll know what i'm talking about uh because i actually naturally people will think i'm mad too people will think i'm legitimately mad i'm like dude i'm having the best day of my life (laughs) i'm not even mad but yeah i I like that one one other key tip for this one one other key tip being on the phone you can detect a smile I'm oh, yeah. sure you guys know right now there's a lot of smiling and laughter being exchanged even when we're not laughing. So you can feel that on a phone. And if you're trying to make cold calls, for example, something along those lines, then you've got you've to play with that. You've got to actually do the, the pump up breathing and smile before you make that call. You, you know the last time you had somebody call you and they were mad, you know exactly what that tone was like and they weren't smiling.
1: That couldn't be more true. Mm-hmm. I like that one. All right. So you ready to move on to the fifth and final?
0: I do like these keys. Key number five. I feel like we're running through a list set. of your
1: strengths here. This one is really one you've nailed down. Number
0: I, five. I, I think I've naturally got the body language thing. You know, I'm always big at fitness, so we're constantly sizing ourselves up. And I think everyone should. Whether you're not a gym goer, uh, I think that you, when you wake up in the morning, you need to size yourself up. You need to give yourself a couple looks. Think about your day. Think about what you want to achieve so let's hit five
1: all right number five to improve your speech use your hands Ooh. You think I think you know where I'm going this with this one. This is my super key.
0: <laughs> super key. I've so, been doing it this whole presentation. <laughs> what was that? I've been doing it this whole presentation or this whole, you have. whole podcast. You have. And it,
1: it's enhanced your thought process and it's enhanced how you articulate your words. Mm-hmm. And there's actually brain imaging studies that have been done that support if you're using your hands while you talk, it's actually activating the same area of your brain. So there's a region of wow. your brain called Broca's area and it lights up when you're talking, and it also lights up when you're waving your hands. If you're talking and and making a gesture here or there, it actually helps you formulate your thoughts and articulate them Mm -hmm. in a more cohesive way, which is super interesting to me.
0: I like that a lot. And actually, it gives me even more confidence behind moving my hands so much. See, I always thought this happened naturally. Even as a kid, I was very talkative with my hands. And I think it's because I'm a passionate person. If I'm talking about something or spending my energy down something, it just it comes out naturally. I'm making a thousand gestures a cake right now. <laughs> this is naturally happening, and I think it's just the passion coming out. But I'll take it up a notch. If you're one of those people who are like, "Oh man, I don't like when people talk with their hands," look at our leaders. Look at our presidents, rulers. They all talk with their hands. They've mastered it. So if the most powerful people in the world are going to do it, I think I'm cool with doing it.
1: Like everything else, there's a downside. And if you're wildly gesticulating while you're talking, Uh it can be very distracting to whoever's watching you intently and trying to focus on what you're saying. They've got to be strategic, well-timed gestures, not sort of flailing your hands around. Because that can, A, look unprofessional, and B, distract the heck out of whoever's trying to listen to you.
0: I totally agree with you there. There's a balance it's like the handshake thing gotta hit that sweet spot you gotta emphasize your points a certain way but then you gotta fall back the only time i tell you when i do get kind of awkward if i'm doing a live feed right if, if there's a live feed going on you know if you're holding the cam or mm-hmm. wherever someone's holding the cam because you don't see your audience so it's very different you mm-hmm. have to gauge that so you always want to be trying to pull the people in and you want to keep the energy going
1: you've mastered that skill at this point hit
0: yeah. the mirror all of these, all of these hit the mirror. See if you've got your shoulders slumped over. A lot of times people have their shoulders slumped over too much.
1: Is that your big takeaway to watch the mirror?
0: I think we're going to roll this one into the big takeaway naturally because you saw my face light up with that. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Okay. I'm rolling right into the big takeaway. So mine is to look at the mirror. It's very important. If you don't look at the mirror, look at video of yourself People don't do it. I don't think enough people look at video.
1: Oof, it can be they painful don't have at it. first.
0: It can be. I beat myself up so hard. But listen to this, okay? All of these tips, every single one of them, can be improved by that. Increase your confidence, okay? your participation, give yourself a look back. And this isn't, this isn't something where you're obsessive with yourself, like Gaston checking yourself out (laughs) in the mirror, right? You're honestly doing it for your own skills. Kate will see me watching videos back. And remember that you asked this about a year ago, Mm -hmm. you said, is there a reason why you watch those videos back? 100%. It's just like an athlete will watch the replays of their sport they want to know how they're doing, it's very important that you watch the mirror and you build this up. You eradicate the things that you want out. You fix your posture. I told you, I do a pump up before a big speech. I do a pump up before something that I know is about to go down. I always try to check out a mirror. I always do. Give myself one last look and roll them shoulders back. Get that chest out. Breathe, right? Use all these tips because the confidence comes from your your stature from your eyes. So many different elements. Just know that you got it. And the only way to really know that you got it is to give yourself that look.
1: I love that. That's a great big takeaway. All right. So big takeaway is to perform what I call a body check. Hmm. And we're so good about checking our messages, checking our phone, checking our Facebook notifications during the day, but we never stop to really assess how we're feeling and how we're holding ourselves, the vibe we're giving off to the world. Hmm. And so one thing that's been very helpful to me is taking couple of seconds, three or four times out of my day to really assess how I'm seated. If I'm in a chair, do I have my shoulders back? Am I giving off a confident, self-assured vibe? Or am I sort of hunched over and conveying an impression to the world that I don't want to convey? And also decreasing my mood doing that has been instrumental to me it's been very helpful to getting me in the right frame of mind Mm -hmm. to really conquer my day and to continue conquering it so that would be my big takeaway is to just do that body check a couple of times a day and it will radically transform your your mindset and sort of how you look how you interact with people
0: i like it um i'll take it up a notch if you need body checks if you think that this if this conversation has been something that you're like oh yeah like this i could totally relate to this I think maybe you should set body checks in your notifications.
1: I think it's a great idea.
0: Send yourself like three times a day. Mm-hmm. When you gave us our first test in the beginning of this podcast, beginning of this conversation, that caught me off guard. Luckily, I was in a boss stance, but I could have just as easily <laughs> been slumped over. And I honestly think that that's super, super important. It goes overlooked. Like you said, we're always on our phone. And when you're driving, think about when you're driving. How many people are like hunched over? So many. Hanging onto the wheel, they're hunched over. They're sitting in that position traveling 45 minutes to an hour in traffic some points to work. You're going to get back issues. You're going to feel like your confidence is out the window. There's so many bad things that are happening. I love the body check, but I think that you need to put yourself in like a super hard check where you're getting notifications.
1: When you're developing that habit, having something there to remind you and keep mm-hmm. you accountable is very important. Mm-hmm. It'll at some point become a habit and feel very intuitive yeah. and natural. But in the beginning, having a prompt is, is very helpful.
0: Look at everybody else's body. Look at, look at their body language as you're going about your day tomorrow. Take the next day. After listening to this, or if you listen to this in the morning, just gauge it. See what people are looking like. I will bet you. I will bet you anything. You can tell if that person is happy in their life, confident, or miserable. You can feel that energy coming off of them. No right? doubt. Whether they're your friends or whether they're co-workers. You know what? You can probably pick a coworker that you don't like, and you can probably bet That they've got bad posture and body language. That's actually true. Uh Mm Uh-huh. I knew it. So I'm telling you, like, that's, this is so key. And like you said, people forget about it.
1: This was an awesome episode. I had so much fun talking about this. I think you gave
0: one hell of a presentation. You liked it? I did. Like, I didn't think about the keys that could have been hidden in this thing there was a lot of keys in in this thing so I really liked it
1: we talked about doing just a general communication podcast which I think we should still do but body language is such an important subset of that issue I wanted to really break it out and, and break it down for everybody and hopefully give some takeaways that'll be useful in their day this day-to-day. one's
0: gonna happen before any of the other communication gets off so yeah we um, you know like when Kate first told me the idea of this podcast I thought well let's do a general communication but this definitely deserves its own so I'm really glad we wrapped this one up we'll have a communications one in the future stress in the future so many good podcasts. Thank you so much for downloading, sharing, rolling with us one. That's giving us your feedback. We really appreciate this.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in and can't wait to talk to you next week.
0: We will see you on next week's episode of Success Convo.